Welcome to a new episode of Perspectives with Mark Bush and Friends. Let's go! Perspective is the way a person sees something. It's usually through the lens of their life and their experiences. There's no right and wrong when having a conversation discussing someone's perspective because it's necessary to understand, engage, and conversate. This is Perspectives with Mark Bush and Friends. Another episode of Perspectives with Friends. Today, I am joined with two friends, Andrew and Angela. Angela is in Houston, Texas, and Andrew is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Today's topic is something that's in the news right now. We have a couple of weeks before the trial starts, but I wanted to see what people thought about the impeachment coming up. Are you for it, against it? Do you think we should just let it, let it go, move on? Or do you want to see former President Trump held accountable for what he's been impeached on, whether you agree with the impeachment or not? So today, I have a good friend of mine, Andrew. Uh, we were stationed together, actually, in Las Vegas, Nevada. I think I was there 2007, 2011. Andrew, what years were you serving there? Ended my time here in 2012. So I was two, end of 2007 until the uh, middle of 2012. Right on, right on. And now what are you doing? Now I sell real estate full time and I manage a portfolio of real estate investments. We do uh, syndicated rental investing. I do mortgage work and we sell insurance to folks. So we do all of the, the financial planning that individuals need to make sure that they are well protected and well focused on retirement in the future. Awesome, man. Awesome. Through real estate. That's awesome. And then Angela, Angela and I, we became friends a couple of years ago through my twin brother, Angela, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Angela Clinton-Joseph. I work as a social media manager for a denomination, and I run a social media business, and I also own a coffee shop. So nice. that's what I got going on. What's the name of the coffee shop? Kate's. Kate's Coffee, Tea, and More. Oh, I love it. I oh, love nice. it. That's awesome. I named it after Caitlin. So. And who's Caitlin to you for the audience? Oh, sorry. Caitlin is my daughter. Nice. That's awesome. And we call her Kate, so we get after her. Of course, now around town, everybody calls me Kate now because they just assume that it's Kate's <laughs> mine. So, I've got to where I just answer, hey, how you doing? <laughs> so obviously you're Kate now. All right, Kate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just joking. So Angela, how do you feel about the impeachment? Okay, so first of all, I'm definitely in the minority with my support or lack thereof, what rather, what, with how I feel about uh, Donald Trump. My family and pretty much everyone in this area where I live, I actually live south of Houston. I'm a white woman. <laughs> My family is from, you know, a, the, a small town in, you know, south of Houston. So very conservative, very right-leaning. Oddly enough, I am very conservative and very right-leaning on most everything. Mm -hmm. But I also do have a mixed daughter. I do work for a black denomination. And so I think that my life experience has made it where I am very much aware and very much sympathetic with social justice issues. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really had to kind of part ways with leaning more toward the Republican Party because they just were not, in my opinion, taking the stances they needed to, to understand the, you know, disproportional murders, you know, all, all the things that were going on in the Black community. Generally, conservatives don't understand the effects of 
not even just slavery. Obviously, we're still dealing with effects of slavery. H.R. 40 is a bill that I really hope gets pushed through. That's mm-hmm. so that we can analyze what slavery has done to the African-American people. But way closer to this date, you know, we, there was redlining. There's, there's currently gentrification. There's currently food deserts. There's currently disproportional policing in different communities. So there's all these issues that, you know, I see a lot of white conservatives wanting to, when, when it's brought up, they want to point to black on black crime. They want to point to crime rates. They want to point to all these issues within the black community, which I believe the black community says, yes, we have these issues, but they don't understand the root causes of why are these things still happening? Mm-hmm. So that's just a little bit of my background. I have seen it. I have worked for, for the largest African-American denomination in the U.S., so I'm around a lot more black people than most white people are. And I think that that's where my perspective comes in because mm-hmm. my family doesn't agree with me on a lot of these things. And so they are very, they were all very pro Trump, pro gun, pro God, pro everything. And I'm most of those things. I want us to be able to carry guns. Yeah. I want us, I definitely want to be pro God, but I just, I couldn't stomach the way that Trump emboldened racial undertones that were still there in our country but he just it was just like his the way that he was and I honestly think that he was a genius because when he first ran he really didn't do a lot of marketing like every time the news stopped talking about him he just said something else outrageous Mm -hmm. and got everybody talking again so I I do think he's a brilliant man Uh, I've actually said that so many times Angela Uh, yeah so I I, I think that he was very strategic Mm -hmm. in what he did I don't even think that he is a racist I really don't think no I don't either part of hearts that he's racist but it's what he did to embolden like you know even like the proud boys comment and things like that like I've never in my lifetime, which, you know, I've I've been through several presidents now, I'm 38 (laughs) years old, but I've never in my lifetime seen a president that we had to explain and defend his words so much. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, you know, that's why, because I could understand, you know, people supporting him through the making fun of the disabled man and the comments that he made and the Proud Boys comments, because people shrug it off. They say it was fake news. They say that the media is spinning things, all these things, you know, that they never believe anything bad because the media was just telling lies on them, you know, but the moment that our capital was seized, Mm. that's the moment that I cannot understand anybody's support anymore. That to me was the point where everybody should have said, even Mike Pence was like, all right, I'm out. (laughs) Okay. National guard. Come on. Like all the Republicans were like, okay, this, this is too much, you know? And it was at his behest. I mean, I understand that he didn't like say, hey, all y'all organize and do it. There's, we haven't seen all the evidence yet, but there supposedly is evidence that those supporters had received millions of dollars to organize from his campaign. I don't know if that's true, but th- there's, this is the, the things that they're supposedly making the connections with. But regardless, when the, pres- the sitting president of the United States of America said, y'all should march right down to that Capitol and I should go with you. And then they marched right down to the Capitol and seized the capital of the United States yeah. of America. That's when I'm just like, you got to impeach him. I don't agree from the, the standpoint of belief in an individual as the, the person at the top is the, the sole source of anything. And I think a lot of people get angry when I say that right away because they're saying, oh, you just you disregard me has nothing to do with how they feel, has to do with the one single core belief that I have. And that core belief for me 
is that I'm responsible for me. And I think that's something that we get from the military, your actions for yourself, not just impacting you, but the rest of the team, but you're responsible for, for your actions that you take, regardless of what they are. Hmm. And that's where, where I come from on this impeachment thing is, you know, all these people want to point to the president as the source of the problem, when I think we have a lot of deeply rooted problems within ourselves that are not being addressed. And that's, that's the, the hard part for me on this one is like, in the last four years, I saw a lot of Americans take this quote unquote high road. And the high road was to blame someone else for all of their problems. So it's kind of like, huh, I, I see what you're saying. And I see where you're coming from. But you're immediately absolving yourself and focusing on someone else's of the problem without even taking the time to go, do I embody some of the problem? And I really think that the statement, if it's up to be, it's up to me, comes to mind when we have these discussions, because it's my responsibility to do exactly what we're doing here today, to listen to someone else with another opinion and to actually hear what they have to say. And when I hear it all wrapped together, it just repeatedly becomes this ball of problem, 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 problem led to X. And at X, I had enough. It's like, well, that's weird because problem, 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 problem. You didn't stand up. And then you're upset when someone else stood up. Well, that was their manifestation of where they had enough. And now you want to go back to blaming the president for that. So, so I, it's I a mean, funny thing. So, so Andrew, what do, you, what, did you, what do you mean by where they had enough? Who, who is they? It depends which part of the, the conversation you're going to talk about. You know, mm -hmm. we, we look at this from a perspective of racism a lot. And I don't think that's the conversation. Racism is to me not, not the issue here. It's bias. And bias is learned. So we have a lot of people that learn a bias and then strike out in the world with that bias instead of understanding from one another. And if we were a little bit more focused individually on accountability, we could definitely hear more from other people by saying, it's my job. I'm, I'm accountable for my actions. And if I'm going to undertake actions based upon not listening to someone making assumptions and jumping forward, mm -hmm. you can circle that accountability all the way back around to, I'm at fault for what happened at the Capitol. You're at fault. If you're the person taking stock in what happened, I'm accountable for this. So now you're saying, I'm accountable. This happened because of my world working the way that I see Twitter work. And everyone here is at fault. Now you want to blame one person and impeach him because of free speech being undertaken. And then those who took that free speech and ran with it in their own way. I wouldn't have stormed the Capitol. Not the way they did. That's <laughs> yeah. not what I would have chose yeah. to do. But because I'm an accountable human being, I see things that way. And for a little bit of background, I'm a, a white man married to a Mexican woman with Mexican, half Mexican children, whatever you want to call it, but that's not race to me. That's country of origin and culture. So I take that stand on a regular basis with people and it sometimes makes them upset, but I don't look at things from a color perspective. I look mm -hmm. at things from a youth perspective. And that again, probably comes a little bit from the military experience because you, of course, Mark, you're a black man and I am a white wait, man. Wait, 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 I'm a black man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> But we didn't see anything different in each other because of color, right? I never looked at you be, at, as the color of your skin when we worked together. And I never looked at you as the color of your skin when I make decisions that related to you when I was in charge of, let's say, uh, an event or an exercise where you were participating. Mm -hmm. I looked at how it would impact you. 
if I made certain decisions and how I can make the best decisions possible as a leader to give you the chance to lead yourself. Mm-hmm. I sometimes think that uh, there's, there's a lot of times where people use the term, I don't see color. And, and sometimes that's like, that's not what I want you to, to, to think about. I, I want you to see my culture. I want you to see me, what, what I go through and make decisions based off of what you know about our culture. And I think sometimes I know the last episode we talked about inclusion and diversity. Sometimes there are people sitting in rooms making decisions for the masses without consideration for the cultures in that mass of people. So, so to that to that point, I, I understand what you're what you're saying. Just for the audience, the the term is is not to not see color. It's to understand our culture and how it relates to what America is to us. So, so for me, there's been plenty of times, Andrew, in the, in the military where leaders were removed from positions because of the things that the, the people underneath them did. And, and I, and I do think that there is a, there is precedence of understanding that it rolls downhill and it starts from the top. Absolutely. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I agree with you. Absolutely. It does. So sometimes when, when I see the argument of did president Trump incite it, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm 50, 50 on the insight. I'm 50, 50 on self-accountability. And, and so, so yeah, you're, I do think it wasn't even just in that speech. It's been the rhetoric he's been spilling out for the last year for the elections almost like a setup for this for that day for january 6 was to keep this rhetoric going that the elections was stolen from them the congress isn't working on their behalf by the way don't use mail-in ballots it's going to be fraudulent and i think that worked against them i think a lot of that a lot of stuff he talked his own voters out of using because he was already discrediting the voting. So, so for me, I'm, uh, I'm actually 50, 50 on, 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 on with you guys, Angela, I agree. I do think that it was incited by him. I do think that there is a possibility that he may have allowed it to happen longer than it should have happened. There's been reports of videos of him sitting and watching TV while reports were coming in about what was going on at the Capitol and he refused to speak up and say something. And then Andrew, I also, I, I keep wanting to call you Dion because that's, that's what we <laughs> called each other in the military by our last names. But Andrew, I, I agree with you as well. The, he made me do it argument is pretty childish. I think that people should be held accountable for their own actions and those were grown adults going in there. And to say that somebody made me do it without specifically calling you, texting you and setting you up for success to do it. I I think the argument is kind of uh, lame. However, as of recent, like within the last week or so, I kind of changed my view on this impeachment though. The Democrats, they're, they're not playing their cards right. So here they want to, to have an impeachment However, the impeachments, it's, what's, what's the impeachment for? Officers of the U.S. federal government, right? 
And who, who presides over presidential impeachments? Do, do you all know that? I believe it's the House, right? The House, I'm sorry, the House Senate has, actually- uh, The Senate has a trial, the House sends does the a trial to yep. the Senate. Yeah. But the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court presides over it. So, I see the whole thing that's going on right here as, mm-hmm. as almost a, a way to stop moving forward in the new presidency and hold on to the past. You're talking about the, the Democrats mm-hmm. play here. It's like the Democrats had no play politically beyond we hate Trump. And they're holding on to it. And I'm like, you're serious right now? You're the leaders of our country. You're preaching change. And you're trying to use the playbook from you know, when Obama was running for office and use as much of that and say, hey, we're, we're going to come forward with inclusion and have a complete cabinet and all these things. And then the first thing that you're going to do is hold on to the past, not move forward and make it all about what you were mad about before. Like it's, they're not letting it go. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily say that the individual Americans have to let it go, but as leaders, they need to do stuff for us now that makes things better that they weren't doing before. Well, I, I, I'll argue with that only because I don't think anything should be let it go. People got into the Capitol, Andrew, letting it go, turned in the blind eye because we need to move on. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't say turn the blind eye. Hold on. I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying turn the blind eye. I'm saying the impeachment is not about what happened. The impeachment to the Democrats is about holding Trump accountable for four years of them being in chaos. Yeah. Well, to, to me, the reason why he needs to be impeached is because there's a former president act of 1958 that asserts that they will get a pension for their lifetime, $221,000. They will get a staff set up. They can choose anywhere in the United States. And they, all the expenses for the office, the furniture, the staff, everything for their office, that's covered. Medical care, health insurance, full state funeral, burial, you know, with full honors, burial in Arlington National Cemetery. To me, because, okay, there, there was so much that was just said. The, the misconstrued construct about racism, I just want to take issue with that just for a second. One thing that and I, I think if we got too far into this, we would get off of the we would get off of the impeachment conversation. But just so your audience might be able to look it up and kind of uh, educate themselves a little bit, I think we started talking about individual racism. I don't have an issue with individual racism. If an individual hates another person because of their color, that person is ignorant, and there's not much we can do about that. We can hope that later on in their generations they'll mm-hmm. get over that. Okay, I don't think we can do much about individual racism. What I'm talking about is institutional racism, systemic oppression. So let me give you an example of institutional racism. It was proven that Toyota, a manufacturer, was giving out loans, same same exact income bracket, same exact credit score, same exact everything, but the loan rate was higher for Blacks than other races. So that's an example of institutional racism, stuff like that that doesn't get regulated and it's all over. Institutional racism is about power and power structures. And the power and power structures in the United States of America are weighted toward white people. Mm-hmm. That's just, it. I could give you example after example after example of how, so I, I don't want, when I'm talking about racism, I'm not talking about somebody seeing color and hating someone's color. I'm talking about institutional racism, uh, things that are institutionalized within our society, things that are, we are systemically oppressing people of color, particularly blacks, 
but people of color in general. So that's what I, so I, I do want kind of to pin that, that what I was never talking about seeing people's color. I'm talking about the yeah. things that are set up in our country that are institutionalized. What I'm ma- mainly concerned with, with the impeachment is that he will get all of those honors. He will get all of those things for the rest of his life. Now, the only thing that impeachment will not undo is he will always get secret service protection because that's an, in another law as well. So even if he's impeached, he'll still get secret service protection. And we don't know how much that's cost, because how much that costs, mm-hmm. because that's all classified. But like, I just can't see my, my fear. And, and I know we say that it's not his fault, but you know, bin Laden didn't fly planes into the twin towers, but it was his fault. You know, Jim Jones didn't make them all drink Kool-Aid, but they all drank the Kool-Aid and it was his fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's a difference though, Angela, uh, to those to those two specific points though. It's not like Trump bought the buses and busted it, bust everybody in, gave them the plans to the Capitol. Unless his campaign was giving him money. Unless but that, his- there's, no, there's no evidence of that. There's hearsay of it, but there's yeah, no that's evidence true. That's of that. true. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen in court if that's been proven yet. Yeah. So we don't know. But I'm saying if, if, if that, that's why I think the impeachment's important so mm-hmm. that we can see, is there evidence of that? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're so saying. If we do not go through with the impeachment, is what precedent are we setting for future presidents? Mm-hmm. Is it okay to, in your last few weeks, just get people to wreak havoc and act crazy and, yeah. and not be like civil and I, I just I think that we have to look at what what is it that we're showing that is okay because what happens if if he's not impeached what happens to him nothing he has all this stuff for the rest of his life if he dies then Melania still gets twenty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. because that's how much former president's widows get like it's going to cost us a lot of money to be supporting him and then any other president going forward, if this is what we decide to do mm-hmm. and we don't follow through, we don't impeach, we don't hold him accountable for his part. I'm not yeah. saying that it's all his fault because you're right. They're all grown men. I was so surprised that there was actually like an Air Force veteran that was there with those. There were several veterans there. Yeah. It yeah. was just like, and it, I mean. So Angela, yeah. Angela on, on your question, your statement about this being something that you're worried all these services are being provided. I don't want to get off of that before we talk about it. Okay. And the reason I want to hear from you about that is because I'm trying to understand, would this make you upset? Does this, do these benefits and these final outcomes after a presidency, do these costs make you upset with previous presidents or only Trump? I don't think that anybody should serve time, you know, serve time in House, Senate, being president or anything and get stuff for life. I, I take issue with that generally because I don't think that it's wise. But because it is the law of the land right now, as long as the presidents didn't do something where a government building was seized, I think that, you know, now with, with what was it with Watergate? He did, he wasn't able to get these benefits. So when a president get, does something impeachable, then they don't get the benefits. So I don't know of any other president that you know, in general, my economic thought, which is I'm more of a Mises school of thinking and not Austrian economics. I don't think government spending is wise, generally. Mm-hmm. I think that power should be shifted as far as close to the grassroots as it can be. And I think that the spending should be as close to the grassroots as it can be. I do not, I'm not an opponent generally of big federal government, big spending, any of that. So as a, as a general thought, I don't think that people should be extended privileges for their life. House, Senate, doesn't matter. I don't think mm. that they should get it for life. 
Do you know why they are extended these quote unquote privileges? All I know is that the former President Act of 1958 gave asserted that. I mean, if there's logistical reasons, I don't know the logic behind it. So the president as a symbol, and I speak to this from someone who's planned more than several presidential protection missions, dozens mm -hmm. of presidential protection missions, you end up talking about this a little bit more in depth with the Secret Service. And the, the reason a lot of these things exist after office is because past presidents embody the United States and the freedom of the American people. So there is an unencumbered freedom that comes from being a past president and being protected by the American people to continue on being a beacon of leadership in the world. If you're concerned about the leadership of President Trump in the past and now going forward into the future, that might make a little bit more sense. But the entitlements that come after being president are given to every president and they're all allowed to move into their golden years, for lack of a better word, still remaining with that respect of the office of the president, and it kind of becomes a club. If you noticed, at the inauguration this year, Trump was not there, mm -hmm. and he was not afforded those same kindnesses by the other past presidents. So self-elimination from that club- Wait, 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 wait. You, said, you said he wasn't afforded, or he refused to be a part of it? Well, so he's- by self-elimination, I mean he's refusing, right? Okay, he okay. He sounded like he was excluded, either. not him. Well, he is by self-elimination. I'm saying he chose. Okay. That's the kind of way oh, okay. to look at it. Okay. He chose to be excluded from that party, right? Because the inauguration is a party. It's celebrating Joe Biden coming in as a president and celebrating that one president is going from being active to being a part of the past president's club. Because it is kind of like a club, right? They all, they all hang out together. Mm -hmm. So those protections exist to keep that group of people alive as long as possible because there is a brain trust there and there's a value to those individuals. But to that point, would you say that's kind of un-American to not participate in what yeah. is yeah. normal for Heck us? Yeah I, would. yeah, I look at that. Yeah. It's shameful. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, And I, to a lot of people I talk about, uh, President Trump is the head Cheeto in charge when they talk about it because it's just <laughs> humorous to me, right? But the things that I'm hearing Angela talk about and mm -hmm. and say is it's like, why is this something that is your concern? We're talking about whether or not the impeachment is a necessary thing, whether or not you agree with it or don't agree with it. And there's all these things after presidency that are being cited mm -hmm. instead of saying, hey, why we should impeach this person is because he did X, Y, and Z. Like, I think to, to I'm, Angela's I'm point, though, like, I, 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 can, I can attest that I feel almost similar. Like, I wouldn't want anybody who is convicted or has done something to be as un-American as to incite an attack on the Capitol to still get our taxpayer money for this, for this club, for this this because the president is the chief diplomat of the country. And even at, like you said, Dion, even as after they move on, they still represent the American people. So, so yeah, I wouldn't want him receiving all these benefits either. That's However, not to decide, though, it, it's not, but that's what she's saying. That's why she wants the impeachment to, to go forward though, because she does feel like he did incite it. So therefore in her opinion, she doesn't want him to, receive so the conversation is do we want 
them impeached and, and and why or why not. So let me let me finish my point real quick. I got a little cut off there. When Sorry when I say that, that I think the Democrats overstepped is the impeachment itself is for U.S. government officials, and they've already claimed that he's not the sitting president. They literally said they won't have the chief justice who presides over any presidential impeachment. They have already said that they're not going to have the chief justice preside over it. They're actually putting a Democratic senator in the seat to preside over the proceedings. I think that that's a little too much when we're talking about a fair trial, an impartial trial, or something that's going to be done in public eye, where even if he gets a guilty verdict, can anybody say or have the opinion that it was tainted because it was the oversight was democratic. So I'm out of the whole impeachment at that point because it doesn't yeah. matter what happens. I, I could I right. could see what you're saying about that being unfair. So I definitely that does that that would be unfair. And and maybe I'm already unfair because like my mind is made up that I just You're I, a citizen. It's grasp. fine. It's fine for your mind to be set up. When our elected yeah, officials' I, I can, minds are I already set up, yeah. that our capital was seized. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I mean, it was almost like, I, I think that to me, that moment was second only to my freshman year of college when the Twin Towers were, you know, when the Twin Towers came down. Mm-hmm. In my mind, the capital being seized right underneath that. Like, that's how I was yeah. just like, what? Like, our all of our, our house and every, you know, all of our representatives are like hiding? Like, for me to see, some of the, you know, people that we have been, you know, knowing for years, it's just hiding and, and ducking under their chair. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like to me that, that was my moment to where I'm like, whatever, whatever we have to do to make it as severe as possible, where nobody will ever try to do this again. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's weakness. The fact that, and I, I get what he's saying that, you know, we have to protect these people so that, because they do represent America. And let, let's be clear that even if he is impeached, he will still receive Secret Service protection for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to go away. So he'll, he just won't get all the other perks, which, I mean, include like a million dollars annually for travel for him and his staff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. things like that. But he will still be protected. So it's not like somebody can just come in and take him out and make America look weak. But to me, I do not, I do not recognize any other day in our history, in my lifetime, other than September 11th when we seemed as weak as we did when our capital was seized and almost mm. even more because it was, that was a foreign aggressor. It was domestic terrorism. And that's where I'm just like, I, I don't know, that, that's to me where I think whatever, whether it's a waste of time or what are unfair or whatever, we still need to show that we will, you can't just get off scot-free. Yeah. Because then what happens when the next president's like, oh, the election was stolen for me. Y'all march down to the Capitol again. We can do this. This is a thing that we can do. What I, what I think for me, <laughs> I think that there's a, there's a way that we do shed light on the incident without needing to politically assassinate Donald Trump. I think that the argument of he made them do it if that if that's the case, then there should be a criminal trial as a private citizen. Then we need to talk to talk about senators and our representatives about their play in inciting all this havoc as well. 
knowing that there wasn't, you know, any voter violations to the point of Joe Biden not being the president, that that needs to be something that our Congress needs to be held accountable for. Because they also were a party to the incitement if we're putting that on Donald Trump as well. That's true. That is true. And I mean, there are people that still believe that Trump should have won. Like they believe that there was that much voter fraud. And I said that from the beginning, the country is so divided Mm -hmm. that neither side was going to take this L. Like nobody was going to take their loss and just be okay with it. Because if the Republicans had won, the Democrats would have been crying voter suppression. Because the Democrats won, Republicans were crying voter fraud. So nobody was going to believe. And it's, it's almost like nobody really knows who to believe anymore mm-hmm. because it just depends on which channel you listen to of what you're going to be told. Listen to CNN and hear one thing, MSNBC and hear one thing and turn over to Fox News and hear something totally different. Yeah. So it literally, literally what we believe is true literally depends on which talking heads we listen to. And that's really kind of a sad state that journalism has reached a point of such bias instead of them just reporting the facts and then allowing us to make decisions. So I, I always hear that that statement, the media. The media makes us so stupid. No, we make ourselves stupid. The media has been the media 100%. They've always been entertainment. And, and I don't understand why a lot of people have not understood that the media has always been entertainment. From the big press machines that would say extra, extra, read all about it. You know, that was that was clickbait back then. Right. You know, oh, man, did you see that title? And now what we have on social media is everybody does. I, I see this all the time where people screenshot the headline, post it with an opinion of the headline and didn't even read the article. Because had they yeah. read the article, it would yeah. contradict what they even what their opinion was. It was yeah. just to get you to click on it. And so so we have to be smart enough to do our own research to to dig deeper to have conversations because andrew i really did enjoy that that point of view you said is your need of attacking trump or trump being impeached based on his benefits or is it based on you don't want him to be a representative of our nation in that magnitude any longer and 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 i and i like that we can have these conversations and pinpoint some things that you know man I, i never thought about that and and to wrap it up, that's what I want to do in these in these shows is just have people just hear each other. You don't have to agree, just seek understanding. And with that, guys, I uh, appreciate this conversation. And like I in every show, I hope somebody heard something that they didn't think about on this topic. I hope that somebody can say, because you said this, it changed what I thought or felt about that, or it strengthened how I felt about something. So until next time, this is Perspectives with Mark Bush. Thank you, Angela and Andrew. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Perspectives with Mark Bush and Friends. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share with a friend. There's no right and wrong with having a conversation discussing someone's perspective. We should seek to understand one another. That's the only way we do better for each other and grow. Till next time.